Well, hey everybody, I'm Adam Shell, the pastor at Melbourne Heights, and welcome to our sermon podcast. In the last few episodes of our podcast, we've been thinking about what the future holds for our church as we enter into our new normal now that we have resumed having in-person services for the first time in more than a year. And we've really been focusing in on what God wants for our church and from our church in the future. So over the last couple of episodes, we've talked about a couple of what God's priorities are for our church. And God wants our church to worship Him. God wants our church to make disciples. But that's not all of God's priorities for us. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about another priority that God has for us. And it starts by answering an age-old question that's been asked just about everywhere you go for a long, long time. So let's get right into this episode sermon. So I want to start out our time together today by asking you a question. And this particular question has been discussed and debated all around America for decades. This question has been asked on every elementary school playground, and it's been asked in every high school cafeteria. It's even been asked in the hallowed halls of academia in colleges, as college students have debated and discussed the right solution to this particular question. But as we get started out today, I do want to go ahead and just give you a warning here. Since this question continues to baffle some of the brightest minds in the world today, there's probably not much chance that we can actually come up with a definitive answer during our time together this morning. But I still want to ask you the question anyway. So are you ready for it? All right, here it is. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? If you could have any superpower what would it be? Now, based on the hushed laughter and the silent chuckles that I heard, I'm guessing that most of you thought that I was probably going to ask a far more important question than that one. Because after all, we are in church, and church is supposed to be a place where we can talk about some of the most important questions in life. But I just asked you about superpowers. But just bear with me for a few minutes. I promise all of this will make sense by the time we get to the end of this morning's sermon. But let me ask you again. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? Now, if you're joining us online right now and on Facebook, you can actually go ahead and answer that question in the comments thread that you find there. And I've got my iPad here in front of me, and I'll point out any interesting answers that show up along the way. But for those of you that are joining us in person, I can't exactly go around the room and ask all of you to answer that question for me. So instead, let me give you a few possibilities this morning. Okay? So by show of hands, how many of you wish that you could fly like Superman? Let's just be honest here. We as human beings, we have been enthralled with the idea of thought for centuries. And of course, over the last hundred years or so, we've actually mastered the art of and science of commercial flight. But that doesn't mean that we're soaring like the birds today. I mean, how cool would it be if tomorrow morning when you needed to get ready and go to work, you could just step out the front door of your house and just fly there? I mean, if you had the ability to fly, you would never have to worry about somebody cutting you off in traffic again. If you had the ability to fly, you would never have to struggle through a construction zone again. If you have the ability to fly, You never have to worry about any traffic problems at all. It would just be you and the clouds. 
But if you did have the ability to fly, you would probably want to pack a sweater with you anytime that you left the house. Because when you get to 35,000 feet up in the air, which is the average height of a commercial flight, it's minus 70 degrees outside. Okay, well, maybe flight isn't the ability that you want. Maybe it's not your thing. Maybe you would prefer another superpower instead. So by show of hands, how many of you wish that you could have super strength like the Incredible Hulk? Now, I'll be completely honest with you guys today. Ever since I first saw the Incredible Hulk TV series that aired back in the 80s, I've been a pretty big fan of the green guy. And when you stop and think about it, there are a million different ways that you could use superhuman strength just about every single day. The next time that you go to the grocery store and somebody parks their car a little too close to your spot and you can't quite squeeze in the door, you just pick their car up and move it out of the way. Or if you had superhuman strength, you could open up your own furniture-moving company and make a small fortune. Or at the very least, if you had superhuman strength, you'd never have to struggle to open up a jar of pickles again. But maybe superhuman strength's not your thing either. So again, by show of hands, how many of you wish that you had super speed, like the Flash? Now, according to the comic books, the Flash is able to run faster than the speed of light. So if you had superhuman speed and it was bedtime, you could flip the light switch and make it back into your bed before your room actually got dark. And that means that you never have to worry about stubbing your toes on the furniture at bedtime again. But for me, the best part about super speed and the reason why I would choose this particular power if I could is that if you could run as fast as the Flash for just five minutes, you would burn eight billion calories. That's billion with a B, and that's not hyperbole either. There's actually a sports physician who's done the math here. His name's Scott Weiss. So if you had superhuman speed, you could eat all of the donuts, all of the ice cream, all of the pizza, all of the whatever you wanted to eat, and you would never have to worry about putting on a pound. But maybe superhuman speed's not your thing either. So one more time, by show of hands, how many of you wish that you could be invisible like the appropriately named Invisible Woman? Now there's a lot of cool things that you could do with the power of invi invisibility too, right? If you were walking out your front door at the same time that a salesman was coming up your driveway, you just poof, disappear and not have to deal with them. Or if you have the ability to turn invisible and you missed your chance to buy tickets to a sold-out concert, you just sneak in and nobody would ever know. Or if you had the power to become invisible, you could never have to worry about waiting in line when you went to your favorite amusement park. You could get to the front of the line of Splash Mountain anytime you wanted by just appearing there. So as I'm looking at some of the other things that people have said along the way, some people wish that they could breathe underwater. We had somebody earlier in the week who told me that they wish their super ability was being able to wash all of their dishes and put their laundry away in a single moment, which would be a pretty cool superpower too. But as any fan of the comic books can tell you, for every really cool superpower there is, there's also superpowers that nobody would ever want to have. Like the superpowers that the writers at Marvel Comics gave to a character named Doreen Green. Doreen Green has the super abilities of a squirrel, and that includes having a big bushy tail. 
So when Doreen Green made it to high school, it goes without saying, but she was teased mercilessly. So one day as she's being teased by all of her classmates, she runs out into the woods and she discovers what her greatest super ability is. And her greatest superpower is the ability to command a legion of squirrels. Now, that super ability might come in handy if you ever needed to gather a whole bunch of acorns from the forest floor, or it might come in handy if you really, really wanted to drive your neighbor's dogs nuts, no pun intended, but aside from those things, there's probably not a lot you can do if you can command squirrels. And Doreen Green's Squirrel Girl's abilities are just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to bad superpowers. In the DC comic book universe, there's actually a group that's known as the League of Substitute Heroes who banded together because all of the other superheroes thought that their abilities were just plain awful. And the worst character in this bunch of the League of Substitute Heroes is probably Color Kid. And what were Color Kid's abilities? Well, Color Kid was able to change the color of any object. Now, that might be a pretty handy a superpower to have if you were an interior decorator, or it would be really handy if you got tired of sitting at a red light. But aside from that, there's not a whole lot you can do if you can just change the colors of different objects. And then there is Zan. Zan is one half of the Wonder Twins. And along with his twin sister, Jaina, they are able to transform, to change their forms whenever they activate their powers. Jaina, his sister, is able to transform into any animal, either real or fictional, that she wants to turn into. But Zan, his ability is to transform into another form of water. So Jaina, his sister, she's able to transform into a stampeding elephant, or a ferocious tiger, or a fire-breathing dragon. And Zan, he can change himself into a snow cone. It's not exactly a power that anybody wants to have. But in my mind, the worst superpowers at all probably belong to a guy named Demar Davis, who's also known as Doorman. And just by his superhero name alone, you get a pretty good idea of what Damar Davis is able to do. Doorman is able to transform himself into a doorway that other superheroes can use to pass from one adjoining room to another. And let's just say you know you came up pretty short in the superhero lottery if your superpowers can be replaced by a $20 sledgehammer you get from Lowe's. But what's the big deal here? Why did we just spend the first few minutes of this sermon talking about superpowers and superheroes? Because let's just be honest, it's not like anybody that's sitting in this room right now has the ability to fly, and it's not like anybody that's joining us and worshiping with us online right now is able to command a legion of squirrels. But if you can, I want to sincerely apologize for making fun of your superhero abilities, and please don't have a legion of squirrels waiting for me after the service ends. But if none of us have superpowers, it feels like spending our time, the opening moments of the sermon, talking about them has just been a waste of time. But what if I told you that you do have superpowers? Would you believe me? Probably not. 
And you wouldn't believe me because nobody that's worshiping with us right now has been bitten by a radioactive spider. None of us have been exposed to gamma rays. None of us came to the planet Earth in a spaceship from the planet Krypton. So it's a little bit hard to believe that any of us have superpowers. But believe it or not, you do. You have superpowers, and your superpowers came from something far greater than you will ever read about inside of a comic book. Your superpowers come from God. The Apostle Paul, who is the foremost missionary and theologian of the first century, actually writes about this in a letter that he sends to the church in the ancient city of Rome. And Paul writes this letter to the church in Rome because he's trying to bring believers in Christ together in that city to help support him in the work and the ministry that he wants to do. And Paul writes them this letter because he knows that he can't fulfill his individual calling if he doesn't have the support of churches like the one in Rome. So he writes them this letter telling them, telling the church in Rome that Paul cannot go and share the good news of Jesus all across the world if it's not for the support of people like them. So I want to take a look at what Paul tells the Romans specifically right now. This is what Paul writes to them in Romans chapter 12, verse 6. He says to them, We all have different gifts. Each gift came because of the grace God gave us. So what Paul is telling us in this passage is that you, and you, and you, and you, and all of you and everybody that's worshiping with us online right now, you all have God-given gifts. You all have an ability that no one else has. And as Paul continues in this letter to the Romans, he's going to elaborate on what these gifts are. So let's turn back to the next part of Romans chapter 12, verse 6, and see what Paul says. This is what he writes. He says, whoever has the gift of prophecy should use that gift in a way that fits the kind of faith they have. Whoever has the gift of serving should serve. Whoever has the gift of teaching should teach. Whoever has the gift of comforting others should do that. Whoever has the gift of giving to help others should give generously. Whoever has the gift of leading should lead and work hard at it. Whoever has the gift of showing kindness to others should do it gladly. So, Right here today in this room and worshiping with us online, we have people that God has given the gift of prophesying to. These are people that are able to share the good news of Jesus, to speak out and share a word from God with other folks. We also have people that are joining us in person and online right now that God has given the ability to serve. These are folks that can see needs all around them and they know what to do to meet these needs. We also have people that are joining us in person and online right now that God has given the, abif, the, the ability, the gift of teaching and the gift of comforting others and the gift of, of giving generously. We have people that God has given the gift of leading to and we have people that God has given the gift of showing kindness to, of showing mercy to. And these are the folks that can be the presence of God, can share and show the love of God to folks who are struggling with a difficult time. And this next part is really important, so I want to make sure you're listening to me here. You are one of those people. You have been gifted by God. You have been gifted by God. 
And God has given you a gift that no one else has. God has given you a gift and the ability to serve his kingdom and his church in a way that nobody else can. God has given you an incredible gift. But my question for you is, do you actually believe that? Do you believe that you have been gifted by God? And that's not a rhetorical question. I'm actually going to give you a chance to respond to that in just a minute. But before I give you the chance to respond to it, I want to make sure that a few things are clear here. When you respond, I don't want you to tuck your chin down into your chest and just whisper it. I want you to declare that you have been gifted by God like you're Tony Stark declaring to the world that you're Iron Man at the end of that first movie. All right? So in just a minute, I'm going to count to three, and when I count to three, I want you to say, I have been gifted by God. All right? Here we go. One, two, three. I have been gifted by God. Say it again. I have been gifted by God. A little bit louder this time. I have been gifted by God. Now say it like you really mean it. I have been gifted by God. That was pretty impressive. And I actually think that some of you firmly believe that you have been gifted by God. But I also know that there are other people who struggle to believe that you have really and truly been gifted by God. And that's because when you think of the skills and the talents and the abilities that you have, and then you look at the skills and talents and abilities that somebody else has, well, your gifts just don't seem like they're all that important. I mean, you look at some people and they seem like they are flying for the kingdom of God and all you can do is command a few spiritual squirrels. Or you look at people and it looks like they're flexing their spiritual muscles when all you can do is turn into a spiritual snow cone. Or you look at people when you come into church and you feel like that is a superman of the faith, but you've got a lot more in common with doorman. But you know what? There is no such thing as a superior superpower. There's no such thing as a superior superpower. In the comic books, Doreen Green, Squirrel Girl, is actually able to command a legion of squirrels that helps free Iron Man when he is captured by a supervillain. This is the same Iron Man that the Marvel folks used to launch a multi-billion dollar cinematic universe, and he needed help from Squirrel Girl in a comic book. Or in the Justice League, uh, Color Kid once helps the Justice League defeat an invading army of aliens, and that Justice League includes folks like Superman and the Flash. And Color Kid is able to do this by changing the color, reversing the color of the sky and the grass to confuse this invading army. But the Justice League needed help from Color Kid. And there are numerous times in the comic books where Doorman actually helps the Avengers defeat some sort of supervillain. So there's no such thing as a superior superpower. And there's also no such thing as a superior spiritual gift. So just because you're not able to stand up on a stage and preach or teach or prophesy, that doesn't mean that you haven't been gifted by God. Just because you're not physically able to go out and volunteer to work at a food pantry or a homeless shelter, that doesn't mean that you have not been gifted by God. Just because you're not able to sponsor a hungry kid 
and financially support them. Just because you're not able to go to a hospital and visit somebody who's sick there, that doesn't mean that you have not been gifted by God. You have been gifted by God. Every single one of us has been gifted by God. And again, this is something that the Apostle Paul is going to talk about um, as he writes to another church. This time he's going to write to the church in Corinth about this particular thing that's happening. The fact that we've all been gifted by God and the reality that God needs all of our gifts, all of our talents, all of our abilities. Paul writes to the church in Corinth, but before we look at exactly what Paul says, let me take just a second to tell you a little bit of background on the city of Corinth and the people in the church. Now, the city of Corinth was a wealthy and cosmopolitan area in the ancient world. And the Apostle Paul was able to travel there, and he was able to lead a lot of people to Jesus and start a church while he was there. But the Apostle Paul understood that his calling was not to plant roots in any one particular place. His calling was to go out and share the good news of Jesus all across the world with as many people as he could. So that means that Paul had to leave the city of Corinth. But just because Paul left Corinth, it doesn't mean that he left the church behind. Paul never abandoned any of the churches that he started in the New Testament. Instead, what Paul does is remain in regular contact with the the churches that he plants. And he's always available to help them whenever they face a particular problem. So in Corinth, the problem that they're facing is that there are a few people inside of the church that have come to believe that their spiritual gifts are superior to the gifts of other folks. But Paul is going to write to them in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and he's going to straighten that misconception out pretty quickly. So let's take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 together, starting in verse 12. Here's what Paul writes. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts but they are all from the same Spirit. There are different ways to serve, but we serve the same Lord. And there are different ways that God works in people, but it is the same God who works in all of us to do everything. Something from the Spirit can be seen in each person. The Spirit gives this to each one to help others. So what Paul is telling us in this passage is that no matter what spiritual gift you may have, whether it's the gift of preaching or teaching, the gift of prophesying, the gift of of serving, the gift of showing mercy and compassion, whatever gift you may have, God gave it to you for a reason. And that reason is that God wants you to help other people with your gift. So as we at Melbourne Heights start thinking about what our future is going to be like and what the new normal is going to hold for our church, this becomes fundamental. This is something that we need to remember about about who we are as a church and what we as a church are supposed to be doing. We as a church, we're supposed to be like the Avengers. We're supposed to be like the Justice League. We're supposed to be a place where superheroes can come together and use our powers to serve the world. But we can't do that without you. We can't do that without the gifts and the abilities, the talents that God has given to you. 
Without you, we can't serve our community, our city, our country, and our world the way that God wants us to serve. So whether you believe it or not, whether you realize it or not, you are every bit as important to this church as Superman is to the Justice League and Iron Man is to the Avengers. We need you. So I want you to know that God has given you a gift, and the church needs your presence. God has given you a gift, and the church needs your presence. Because without you, we can't be who God wants us to be. Without you, we can't do what God wants us to do as a church. Without you, we cannot serve our community, our city, our country, and our world the way that God wants us to serve. We need you because God has given you abilities that no one else has. God has given you gifts that no one else can do. But it's up to you if you're going to use these gifts or not. So here's what I want to invite you and challenge you to do this week. I want you to spend some time trying to discover and understand what your spiritual gifts are. What abilities, what talents God has given you that no one else has. And there's a couple things that you can do to help you discover and understand these gifts. The first thing I want you to, to encourage you to do is spend some time praying this week. Talking with God, asking God about the gifts, the talents, the abilities that God has given you. And then when you've spent some time doing that, I want to invite you to visit a page on our church website. It's mhbclouisville.com serve. And on that serve page on our website, you will find that there's a button on there where you can download a spiritual gifts survey. And by answering those questions, it will help you understand and discover what your spiritual gifts are. And once you've discovered, once you understand what your gifts are, the next thing that I want you to do is to go back to God in prayer, asking God how he wants you to use these gifts and these talents and these abilities to serve his kingdom and to serve inside of his church. And then when you've got your mind wrapped around that a little bit more, you can reach out to us. You can reach out to me, call our church office, shoot us an email, send us a Facebook message, and ask how you can use your talents to serve God through our church. Because the reality is that we need you. We need you to preach and teach and prophesy so that other people can hear the good news of Jesus. We need you to serve as an usher or a greeter on Sunday mornings and be a smiling face that welcomes people as they come through our doors. We need you to volunteer to work at food pantries and homeless shelters. We need you to make donations to local schools and nonprofit organizations. We need you to put out our banners on Sunday morning so people can find our location and to take them down on Sunday afternoon so that they're safe for the upcoming week. We need you to help out at our Welcome Center to check people in so that we can do our part to make sure everyone is safe as we continue to live through this pandemic. To put it as simply as I possibly can, we need you to be you. We need you to be the person that God created you to be, to use the gifts, the abilities, the talents that God has given you to use. Because God has gifted you. And God knows that the gifts that he has given you can be used to make this world and to make his church, our church, a better place. 
So use the gifts that God has given you and bless us with your presence. Let's pray together. God, as we come to you in this time of prayer, we're just thankful for the reminders that we've heard from Paul's writings today, God. The reminders that you have given every single one of us a spiritual gift, a superpower that you've given to no one else, God. And that you want us to use these gifts to serve you in a way that no one else can. And God, help us remember what all of these gifts are for. All of the gifts that you have given us are meant to be used to help other people. So God, help us to discover what our gifts are. Help us find ways that we can use these gifts to serve inside of your church, to serve outside of your church, to help other people all around this world. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, it's Adam again, and I just want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of our sermon podcast. And I hope that today's episode has reminded you that God has gifted you. That's right, God has given you special gifts that nobody else has, and God wants you to use these gifts in your life, and God wants you to use these gifts in His church. So let me encourage you to take some time thinking about and exploring what your spiritual gifts are, what your God-given gifts are, and then find ways that you can use them to serve God's kingdom, to serve God's church, and to serve our world. Now, next week, we're going to be wrapping up this sermon series with one more lesson that we need to learn as we think about what our new normal is going to be like. So there's one more priority that God has for our church, one more thing that God wants from our church as we enter into our new normal. So we hope that you'll come back and join us when our next episode drops on Tuesday morning. As always, if you subscribe to our podcast, it'll be sent straight to your favorite podcasting app. And while you're in that app, let me encourage you to leave a review of this podcast because those reviews mean a whole lot and they do help get the word out about this podcast to other people. So leave a review if you haven't done so yet. And also remember, that you can come and join us and worship with us live every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time on our church website at mhbclouisville.com slash live. We'd love to have you with us. Well, that's it for this week. So until we get together for our next episode, hope that you guys have a great week and we'll see you back here soon for another sermon podcast.